Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis, the Tuesday edition of the program. I hope all of you are having fantastic starts to your week. We got a lot to dive into and break down for all of you out there. Uh, In particular, I want to start off here with the chaos, with the absurdity, with the ridiculousness of the way that ESPN is covering the Tampa Bay Rays and their statement, five players on the Tampa Bay Rays, who chose not to wear the pride flag on their uniforms. We just played, to close out Clay and Buck, some of you may have seen it, uh, the fact that Kramer, if you remember back in the day in Seinfeld, would not wear the, uh, the ribbon, Uh, on the AIDS march and how furious, for comedic purposes, people got at him for marching in the AIDS march or AIDS walk, but not having the ribbon on. And that's really where we are now, although it's not a joke in American life. Now, a lot of you may think to yourself, hey, if I wanted to put on Around the Horn on ESPN, it would be to find out whatever the latest news is in the world of sports, maybe to see sports media members debate sports-related topics. Instead, what you saw yesterday afternoon was one of their commentators, Sarah Spain, decided that she was going to go off and call uh, the, uh, the the Tampa Bay Rays pe- people their religious statement BS and also call them bigots because they wouldn't wear a pride flag. Now, this is the world in which we have moved into very rapidly. And I want to use it as a jumping off point to talk about a topic that won't be discussed at all at ESPN. And that's transgender male deciding to be women athletes who are taking away spots from women. And what I want to use that to illustrate is how an argument for inclusiveness eventually, when it's given to its full fruition, becomes exclusive. And that's where I think we are with a lot of issues that are going on in this country right now. Transgender people are saying, men who decide to be women, I am a woman and I deserve to compete in women's athletics. Well, if you allow that to happen, then your inclusion is also going to lead to exclusion. We don't talk about this enough because if women don't win their competitions, then what you are doing by including men who identify as women is excluding actual women. And there is a difference between saying, hey, you do whatever you want. You have as much pride in your perspective as possible and mandating that everyone wear that uh, that gay pride flag on their uniform. Now, I've said before, I probably would wear it. I wouldn't take a stand because I don't feel that strongly personally 
about any aspect of this. But I think when we are mandating that people do it, and people do have strong feelings, and they choose not to do it, it's way braver than just meekly acquiescing and wearing a pride flag on your jersey. The five guys who chose not to wear that pride flag are now getting called bigots on ESPN. They are getting called, uh, their religious explanation is being called BS live on ESPN. Now, I don't think most people want to watch that on ESPN, a sports network. I think that's a debate that probably could exist on Fox News or MSNBC or CNN, certainly within the pages of news-related coverage, right? But I don't think the vast majority of ESPN fans feel the way that Sarah Spain does. I also think it's significant that nobody on that show pushed back and made the opposite argument. That's the difference between a debate and a lecture. It's the difference between an argument between two sides and propaganda. ESPN now exists to peddle far left-wing propaganda, and they don't even challenge the talking points there. This is an important jumping-off point to understand where we are, and I need to share this video for those of you who didn't actually see it, Uh, but... Calling people who disagree with you live on the air of a sports network bigots and calling their religion BS is where ESPN is. And I don't think it's where the vast majority of American sports fans are. I think it's where the vast majority of American sports media is. And I think it's probably where the majority of the tiny subset of sports fans that are active on Twitter may be. But it's a tiny subset of sports fans overall that they are representing. And I think it ties in with what's going on in the NBA. The NBA is the wokest sports league in America. And they have tried assiduously to appeal to left-wingers on uh, social media platforms. And the result of that is a disaster for the ESPN brand. Game two was a couple of nights ago, I think, Sunday night. It joined game one in setting a 15-year low for NBA viewership. They have great teams playing. So the Warriors going up against the Celtics. Big brands in Boston and in San Francisco. California versus the East Coast. And yet no one's watching. In fact, you won't hear very many people talk about this. The most watched NBA Finals ever. Do you know what it was? Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls against the Utah Jazz in 1998. Nearly 30 million people watched the NBA Finals in 1998. That is 25 years ago, roughly. Since that time, since 1998, more people have watched the Super Bowl, for instance. Way more people watched the Super Bowl than watched the Super Bowl in 1998. So people who say, well, there's just fewer people watching, that's actually not true. There are 50 million more people who live in the United States now than lived in the United States in 1998. The NBA has lost nearly two-thirds of the audience for their signature event, the NBA Finals, in the space of 25 years. And it's really accelerated over the past several years. Why is that? Because the NBA got woke. It's not complicated. 
The NBA continues to lean into politics like ESPN does. And when they lean into politics, they end up alienating a huge percentage of their overall audience. Which is why, I believe, we are at 15-year low ratings in June. I believe the last time this few people watched the NBA uh, was in 2007 when we had a series between uh, the Nets and the Spurs, which is the least watched modern era NBA final that took place in June. 15 years later, those numbers are being challenged as no one is tuning in to watch these games on ABC. Uh, Speaking of challenging the NBA brand, the guy who is number one, I believe, most responsible for the tanking value of the NBA brand is actually LeBron James. And LeBron James, of course, wasn't even in the playoffs this year uh, because his entire uh, team, the Lakers, is in unmitigated disaster. But I wanted to talk about something with you that I do believe is significant. And Joe Kinsey, who is one of our uh, one of our writers who does a great job at OutKick, Joe Kinsey wrote a piece about an unsolved murder that happened at LeBron James's school. Do you remember when LeBron James got all the attention for the high school in Akron that he had supposedly paid the entire amount for. It wasn't actually true, but most people in the media aren't that smart, and so they just followed along with it. Well, Monday, a 17-year-old was beaten to death in the parking lot of the I Promise school that LeBron James founded. Uh, LeBron has not said anything about this situation. But I'm reading, and I'm talking about this situation more than LeBron has, because I think it's significant. This 17-year-old kid was murdered. Evidently, there was a parking lot fight between a group at a school that included this 17-year-old kid and at least three other men who were playing basketball at a school court. This kid, Ethan Lemming, was found dead at around 11 p.m. in the parking lot of LeBron's school. And they say that he died from a blunt force to the head. Our condolences uh, goes out to the family. Uh, That's all LeBron has said. He hasn't asked to help find the killer of 17-year-old Ethan Lemming. In fact, LeBron, who usually weighs in on all sorts of issues, has not said anything at all despite the fact that this family is begging for help. Uh, Ethan's stepmom said, everyone keeps asking what they can do to help, so here it is. Please share this post with the hopes someone will speak up and help us find who did this. Anyone with information, I'm reading directly from her Facebook post, doing more than LeBron has done to help solve a murder at his school. Anyone with information is asked to call the Akron Police Department, the Detective Bureau, at 330-375-2490. You can also text TIPS to 274637. This morning, the stepmom of this murdered student was back on Facebook saying, I know there is at least one person beside Ethan's killers who holds the key to ending this part of our nightmare. These posts are for you. If there is any love in your heart, seeing Ethan's face, hearing our voices and our community's voices, 
has to be weighing heavy on your heart. Do the right thing. You may not care about us, but coming forward will lighten your load. I know you see this. You hear our voices. You see our faces. Just make the call. You'll remain anonymous. You have nothing to lose. Why is LeBron James not doing everything in his power to help get justice for a 17-year-old kid who was murdered in the parking lot of his school? LeBron will speak out on all sorts of social issues that he has no connection to whatsoever. He uses his social media accounts all the time for that purpose. Got a 17-year-old kid murdered in the parking lot of LeBron James's school, and LeBron hasn't asked for help solving that murder one time. He's got a massive audience, LeBron does. Far larger audience than I do, that I'm talking to right now. Larger audience even than we have at all of OutKick. Why has LeBron, who regularly weighs in on social issues and murders, demanding justice, said nothing at all about this case? I'd hate for the reason to be because this kid happens to be white. Regardless of your race, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, every single murder cries out for justice in this country. And whoever killed Ethan deserves to be held accountable for their actions. Why isn't LeBron James, who is from Akron and probably has the largest megaphone in all of the Akron area, not demanding that someone come forward and help solve this murder? That occurred in the parking lot of his school. It's shameful. Now, I criticize LeBron quite a bit, although I defended his son recently when he was getting ripped. But if you truly want to make the world a better place, shouldn't you start by doing everything in your power to ensure that a kid that was murdered in the parking lot of your school is able to have whatever small measure of justice he can have, that his family is able to know that the people responsible for this heinous act are going to be held accountable? Seems like the absolute minimum that LeBron James could do. He hasn't said a word. Everything that you heard me say is far more than what LeBron has been willing to do to help solve a murder that took place in the parking lot of his school. We'll be right back. Got to take a little break here. We are rolling without kicking. You don't want to miss a moment. Stay tuned. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. A lot of discussion, much less serious about the PGA Tour versus the Live Tour, funded by Saudi Arabia. Phil Mickelson now has joined it. We know that Dustin Johnson has, Sergio Garcia, Graham McDowell. A lot of different players have decided to join the Live Tour 
and walk away from the PGA Tour. One of the big ways that this story is being covered is golfers, including Phil Mickelson especially, are being held accountable for signing on to a Saudi Arabian-backed golf uh, tour. And people are saying, oh my God, how in the world can a golfer work for a Saudi Arabian-funded organization, the Live Golf Tour? Let me take it outside of golf for a minute. This has been going on in soccer for decades. Saudi Arabian teams, Middle Eastern owners, have come into the English Premier League and other European soccer leagues, bought teams, and given gargantuan contracts to top soccer players to be members of those teams. And no one, to my knowledge, has criticized those soccer players for taking money to play for Saudi Arabian interest. So if this has been going on for 15, 20 years in soccer, why is it suddenly a big story in America that golfers are going to work for Saudi Arabian-owned golf league? I'll tell you. Because the American media is being used by the PGA to argue against a competitive endeavor that they don't want to have to deal with. The PGA is in a battle for top golfers with the Live Tour, and the Live Tour is paying players better. And suddenly golfers have free agency. And what's happening here, and I think this is significant, is the sports media is effectively being used to attack the Live Tour. And any player that's willing to go on the Live Tour is getting accused of agreeing with Saudi Arabia for everything. But these same media members are either too dumb to recognize what hypocrites they are, or they aren't aware of the larger sports media ecosystem such that soccer players have been making billions of dollars over the last 15 or 20 years to play for Middle Eastern Saudi Arabian-owned entities, Saudi Arabia and other countries. So why have those soccer players gotten zero criticism and the Phil Mickelson, the Greg Normans, the Dustin Johnsons of the world are getting absolutely hammered over their association with Saudi Arabia? I'll tell you. Because the PGA Tour is using all these idiot sports media members to attack the Live Tour because they have a business value associated with doing so. This becomes even more ridiculous when you consider that Joe Biden himself is just about to travel to Saudi Arabia and beg Saudi Arabian authorities to produce more oil so that the price of a gallon of gas will come down in the United States in advance of the midterms, which theoretically would help Democrats who are dealing with a default massive increase that has occurred on every American in order to be able to drive vehicles. So if we've got a situation where Joe Biden himself is going to bend on a knee in front of Saudi Arabian officials and beg them for help, and if we've been dealing with all of this going on in the world of soccer for 10, 15, 20 years, 
Why all of a sudden is the American sports media going to war with golfers who decide to go on the live tour? The answer is simple because those golfers are challenging the monopoly that the PGA has and all of these sports media members are effectively doing uh, the, the, the lap dogs of the PGA. Let me be clear. As long as you don't lecture me on your politics, I have no problem with any athlete or any American businessman doing whatever they can to make as much money as possible. So look, if you decide that it makes more sense for you to be on that tour or if it makes more sense for you to go overseas to work or whatever it might be, I don't believe you should be held accountable for the decisions that are being made by your boss. Let me give you an example. Dan Snyder has made some questionable decisions. I don't see very many people saying, how in the world could you sign with the Washington Commanders given the choices that you have seen Dan Snyder make? We understand that athletes are mostly capitalists and are going to make decisions that lead to the best possible uh, paydays for most of these people. So why is it that suddenly it's unacceptable to be working with Saudi Arabia. Look, my position on this is pretty straightforward. If Saudi Arabia came to me and they said, hey, Clay, we'd like for you to do your show, your radio show, which is the biggest radio show in the country, from Saudi Arabia for whatever period of time it is to encourage people to come visit Saudi Arabia, invest money here, and help us to further uh, change our economy so we're not entirely reliant on just oil and gas, Assuming it worked for my schedule, I would travel over to Saudi Arabia and I would do uh, a show there. Wouldn't even think twice about it. Because I don't presume that every single place I go, everybody's going to agree with my politics. Heck, I'm going to be doing my show next week from New York City. And then I'm going to be down in Florida. And certainly, there are lots of politicians in New York City who don't have the same political beliefs that I do. So am I somehow endorsing New York City politicians by deciding to do my show there? Of course not. And this is, to me, evidence of an unfair and biased media. And it even goes worse than that, certainly, because the NBA can get away with making billions of dollars off China and even putting a a game in the United Arab Emirates where gay people are subject to murder for being gay and they move the all-star game out of Charlotte, North Carolina over a transgender bathroom bill, but nobody even calls him on it in sports media. Now, if the NBA had just come out and said, look, our goal is to take basketball to as many countries as we possibly can and we understand that every country in the world doesn't have the same beliefs as us, and they had never lectured us on American politics, I wouldn't have any issue with it at all. I don't have any issue with the WWE or the UFC going to whichever country offers the best return for their business. But when you've got these companies that are lecturing us on American woke politics and then turning a blind eye to whatever happens in other countries, I think you deserve to be called out. But I haven't seen Dustin Johnson, Greg Norman, Phil Mickelson... Graham McDowell, any of the guys that have agreed to play on the Live Tour lecturing us about politics and being holier than thou. Uh, And so I think the fact 
that the media is mostly doing the PGA's dirty work by attacking a big competitor of theirs and trying to attack all of the players that are competing there deserves to be talked about and discussed in a much more significant way than it is right now. Um, Deshaun Watson has got a 24th accuser now, and I want to make sure that you guys know what this 24th accuser is saying that Deshaun Watson did. This is a brand new accuser. Uh, There now are 24 different women claiming Deshaun Watson engaged, I'm reading from Armando Salguero at OutKick's uh, story, engaged in sexual misconduct during massages. According to this, Deshaun Watson asked for effectively a happy ending, and I'm reading directly from the complaint. Uh, Watson, completely naked and exposed, he started to masturbate. Plaintiff said she stopped massaging Watson. He said, relax, it's okay to touch it. Plaintiff says she refused, and then Watson stood up, according to the complaint, continued to masturbate until he finished, and then he shot, for lack of a better term, uh, onto the plaintiff's chest and face. And she quit doing any massages anymore. 24th different lawsuit. I don't know what is going to happen with the Cleveland Browns contract with Deshaun Watson. But, and I've represented a lot of people accused of misconduct in my life and have advised people, this is continuing disaster for Deshaun Watson as these detailed allegations continue to come out. 24 of them. If they're not true, I would say that Deshaun Watson should countersue them and allege that these are untruths and say that he wants to be his time in a courtroom. Could certainly sue uh, the women who went on HBO and told their story. And the fact that Watson has in no way countersued any of these women and continued to try to settle these claims, I don't understand how he can't get them settled. And I also am increasingly going to be very surprised, absent a settlement and an apology from Watson, if he's going to be able to play for the Cleveland Browns in 2022 at all. In fact, I think he may end up not playing for another year, and the NFL may not be able to levy a penalty against him until next year. He's also not helped by, I know it's a different league, but the penalties that have been applied to Trevor Bauer in Major League Baseball, he's going to have to miss multiple seasons for one woman's allegations. No criminal charges brought in that case either. And it sounds like Deshaun Watson now with 24 women has virtually zero significant defense that he can offer in this situation. All right. Love all of you. My name is Clay Travis. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. This has been Outkick the Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Encourage you to go download Clay and Buck. Fantastic show today. I will be on with you guys early tomorrow morning with Fox and Friends. And I'll then have the Clay and Buck show. Encourage you to be listening every single day. The Outkick 360. Umpire and I had a good discussion live on their show yesterday. And also Dan Dakish's show, which airs every single morning on the Outkick channel. Soon, 
those shows will all be officially distributed through the OutKick website as well. Thank you for hanging with us. This has been OutKick, the show.